0: all elite for everything you need to know about mercedes monet's aew debut search cultaholic wrestling news on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: subtle results still you but with fewer lines
0: As soon as we put the, the outfits on, quote, we look like gas oven
2: popcorn. Right on who hoover that one. Uh-huh. Yuckity yuck, McManikin The British Bulldog is part of the new generation. You may all found before. Key Mable! Here it comes, here it
3: comes, the Jack Knight! On lives the new generation and the world wrestling
0: Welcome everyone to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review as the other Cultaholic lads get themselves ready for the Super League of Football. We are here via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean where there is nothing super. With the exception of maybe the odd Shawn Michaels match in 1995. But who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former Colterholic heavyweight champion, uh, the advocate for Pablo Tom Campbell. I am with the bear in the big blue barcade. He is the head pen. He is tight and shrugged of Colterholic, the man who does not require a pencil. He needs a pen, he gets it right every time. He is Justin Henry, and he is from off of America.
1: Know what I'm hoping for is the DVD or documentary release of the Super League years from now where they talk about how they did everything ethically, how the people demanded it, (laughs) how they were helping themselves and not hurting the other guy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> where's my football actual football <laughs> hey i'm kidding i'm kidding it's all friendly it's all friendly if the super league stuff uh time of recording uh it's very hot on the news my my twitter trending this morning on the day of recording was super league and then the word embarrassed and then the word ashamed
1: <laughs> you know I, I i had a thought it, it Getting back to your prior joke, which I know is a joke and I'm not offended, but if the Premier League was so great, wouldn't Tony Khan's Fulham Club play an annual game in the United States the way his his pro football Jacksonville Jaguars play a game in England every year?
0: I mean, it's a good, it's a good shout. It's a good shout. I mean, there, there are teams, there are teams from the, the Premier League that do sometimes play in America, but it's only if they get lost. Um, they, they, they tend to, I went, my brother, my brother went to America to watch um, Orlando play West Bromwich Albion one time. Mm. That was a thing that happened. I think he was one of 12 fans that flew from West Bromwich to, to watch the game. Mm. You got the weather, yeah. you? you make a holiday of it.
1: You know me, I'm just busting balls. I, oh, I love No. I know. I, I, g- the, I
0: agree.
1: I love the gridiron game, but I mean, here here, I thought I had a problem with them adding a 17th game to the schedule, Does busting up the symmetry. Now, I'm like, what greed? What unfettered <laughs> greed? And I look at you guys, I'm like, oh, that's really... <laughs> <laughs> Hold my pint. <laughs> Off we go.
0: Yes. It's, uh, it's impressive. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and it, it is a monument to, ar- to avarice
0: it truly is and they should all be proud and horrified of themselves all at the same time so hey look we can't talk about this because this is happening in 2021 we're not here to talk about 2021 we're here to go way back to the year 1995 that is where we currently are on our schedule for monday night raw as Justin Henry and I chronologically critique, thank you, OSW Review, uh, the entirety of Monday Night Raw from its very beginning. We are two years, two years into Monday Night Raw at this point, and the game is about to change. And Justin's going to talk us through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw in just a moment. Where and when are we this week, Justin?
1: Well, I mean, the game ain't changing this week. This um, This is week two of a TV taping. It aired Monday, June 12th, 1995. We are still at the high school in Sally Shruthers, Ohio.
0: It's a beautiful location.
1: <laughs> uh, it's it's beauteous as a certain macho individual might say.
0: It's butimus! <laughs> so the game, yeah, you're right. The game isn't changing this week, but whoa, whoa! Is there something on the horizon?
4: Since we first put wrestling on Turner Network many years ago, it's been exciting entertainment programming for all our viewers. World Championship Wrestling has always been one of our most popular programs. The Braves are becoming a winning team in baseball. CNN is the leader in world's news and information. And now WCW is about to dominate the globe in professional wrestling.
0: For the wrestling world, taking a look at the Wrestling Observer for this week. And David Meltzer tells us in a stunning move stemming from a meeting between Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner, which we talked about last week. WCW will be adding a new television show every Monday night going head up with Monday Night Raw on the TNT Cable Network starting on the 7th of August. The show Um, as yet unnamed will air live probably in a similar setting as Raw. A live show every third week, tapes from taping in between.
1: He's a little off on those details. A little bit
0: because that's not exactly how it pans out.
4: Is
1: it? No, because I could say right now the reason why they went from August 7th to September 3rd or September 4th was just to have that one unopposed week while Raw was away due to the U.S. Open.
0: So that's that, why?
1: That was by design.
0: Ah, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing well. To talk a little bit more about what we know. So the idea, as we've said, comes from a meeting between Eric Bischoff and Ted Turner. We talked about this meeting on the last episode when you and I were together, Justin. Uh, and me, oh, was it the week before? Everything blurs into one. And last time week is a, it was last week. It was last week. I was worried that time would become a construct again. Um, but this is and, and this is uh, qu- quite the the development today. Uh, there have been already reports floating around that the new show will be called WCW Head to Head. Hmm. I mean, very on the nose as names goes, is it not, Justin? I'm
1: making my skeptical face.
2: <laughs>
0: it is my favourite skeptical face. If, if we don't get that on a sticker by the end of the year, I'll be livid. Um, a decision won't be made on the new show until the until later on this week. Now, Justin, you were a wrestling fan, uh, deeply entrenched in the world of the wrestling at this time. was just somewhat toe-dipped <laughs> in the wrestling at uh, this time. <laughs> um, did you did you catch any wind of this as it was all kicking off?
1: I probably first heard of it either either like a clash of the champions or an episode of Saturday night that aired that summer. It's probably where I would I would have first heard of it and it didn't really make much of a difference to me. I'm like, oh cool, more wrestling. And I just I wasn't I wasn't super jazzed up, but when I saw that first show, I kn- I knew I had seen an event.
0: So you you knew that I mean it's it's a it's a monumental thing when you look back on it. Obviously now with what we know, but it's um it's intriguing. Times ahead. That's all we know at this point about this new show. I reckon next week in the Observer will have a little bit more meat on the bone for what to expect, at least from what Dave has to tell us.
1: I I could tell you how nature got its name. Oh, go on. We well, see at the time TNT had had the rights to air half of the NFL's Sunday evening schedule. For the first half of the season from september through re- end of october about eight or nine games in all mm-hmm. and, and and that was in in the in the billing that was called sunday nitro so they figured if they want if they want to call the wrestling show monday nitro have a nitro twin bill and use the nfl connection to bring fans over to wrestling
0: ah mm-hmm. so it was a way of sort of connecting the football fans and the wrestling fans and the existing oh. audience and bringing them over
1: a little blue collar synergy
0: i love i like that and it's funny how the name that was devised to lean off another franchise would become sort of the franchise leader mm-hmm.
1: a lot of people thought it was, be- it was because night because nitro sip fast sounds like night raw monday nitro
0: yeah and, and, not and, and, and,
1: raw a lot of people thought that but that wasn't quite the case
0: no uh, mm-hmm. that well that's good to know for for imparting name facts i will impart some name facts on you later in the podcast oh that's a hook and a tease oh Oh, yes mate oh mate there's there's a part of this podcast that lasted the show and the show lasted about 30 seconds i've got about 400 words on it just awarded (laughs) sounds good i'm excited um That's the big bit of wrestling news. Uh, Just a lot of injuries in the WWF to talk about as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Diesel is expected to work King of the Ring. um, Not coming back until then. He's still very much in a bad way. Uh, Not the only one who's suffering. D reportedly with a staph infection in his knee. He's not coming back until King of the Ring. Razor Ramon has bruised his ribs. He took a bump off off a ladder at the Nassau Coliseum just a few days before this. Uh, He immediately got sent home. He is off the road. He's missing the weekend and it's a question mark for King of the Ring at this point. And it's not the end of the injuries because Tatanka's knee is bad as well. Uh, but he carried on working. What a trooper! Hey, it's like Diesel, out. <laughs> Rody out. Ramon, out. Tatanka, injured, but carries on.
1: um hey, just- He's the only one of the group that worked WrestleMania 32, so he's pretty tough.
0: He is a tough boy. Uh, Owen Hart suffered a concussion on the 11th of June at the Meadowlands. He was in a tag match against the Smoking Guns. Refused to get checked after the show, which is which is ridiculous to think of now. Last word I heard, says Dave, was 1-2-3. Kid was expected back sometime in July. So at the time where the roster is already, like, Watha thin, you've got quite a few injuries doing the rounds already.
1: Yeah, y- and I think with this show, you kind of see, well, you don't really see it because this was taped a while ago, but you you kind of get an idea of how bad it could be because there ain't much on this show that's that really worthwhile with a lot of top of the card ambition.
0: Yeah. Lack of and ambition
1: is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, It's not a good time for this company at all
0: but we soldier on regardless and we go to justin henry who is going to talk us through uh this week's episode of monday night raw quite a few notes on different things for this episode So i thought we'll keep the top bit a little bit tight and sweet and short and bright and uh we'll throw it straight to justin to talk us through a monday night
3: raw <laughs> Tonight, for the first time on international television, Lex Luger, the embodiment of the American spirit, will face the monstrous Yokozuna. At stake, the final position in the King of the Ring Tournament. But more importantly, tonight, an athlete and indeed a nation's pride is on the line as Lex Luger attempts to show Yokozuna yet again the American dream is alive and well however two summers ago yokozuna insulted america on her birthday on board the uss intrepid no one could body slam the then 568 pound offender until lex luger arrived it was the body slam heard around the world which catapulted lex luger's call to action campaign the lex express was on the move and would finally stop at SummerSlam 93 for the showdown with Yokozuna and for the WWF title. Lex Luger would nail Yokozuna, knocking him through the ropes to the outside and Lex Luger would win the match, but would not win the title. However, tonight, both men are on a collision course for a chance at a title of a different sort. Both men would like to be the king of the ring, but only one will qualify tonight. Lex Luger, the showdown's been a long time coming, but Yokozuna has to beat you tonight to qualify for the king of the ring. Only one man can be the king, so you'll be the pawn tonight on Monday Night Raw.
2: Yokozuna, this showdown between you and I is long overdue. It goes all the way back to the intrepid. You constantly trying to embarrass and humiliate America comes to an end when we meet right here tonight on Monday Night Raw.
1: okay so we start out with a video it's
2: always good when just it starts
0: with a sigh it's gonna be a good one
1: i believe i messaged you yesterday and warned you about a certain part of this show oh you did my friend and you know what you were right to warn me <laughs> i'm just the one who yells back to tom like you gotta see this <laughs>
0: i'm excited mate
1: so we start out with a hype video for luger and yokozuna tonight it is a The final king of the ring qualifier, we think. We're told in the voiceover that Luger is the embodiment of the American spirit. (laughs) Now, I don't want to criticize their writing because that would just be be pretentious of me. But when your American spirit can barely string together a promo with interest behind it, and and 85% of his offense is just half-assed clotheslines, that's not really good for the american spirit i don't think
0: it doesn't fill me with american spirit and i know i'm not the target audience for american spirit but i feel that i mean what sucks is this this video at the top which is all very america 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 it's all well and good sharing like the the story of luga slamming yoko what did it take to be a hero and all this stuff but luga didn't win (laughs) <laughs> like, let's not forget that all this you still have to go, Luger didn't win the title, but wasn't it fun?
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the gist of it is well Luger's choked before, but this time <laughs> well, he, he could be in the King of the Ring tournament. He promises not to choke again. <laughs>
0: Your Honor. And then we get
1: and then we get these show themed off-camera stare promos. Risa Yoko staring off into the distance while Cornette narrates. Cause got a typical corny promo about how Luger's gonna get beat, blah blah blah. And then we get the Luger one where he's staring off in, in, into the yonder and says, it all comes to an end tonight. tonight. I'm almost excited for this match.
0: <laughs> just because it comes to an end tonight.
1: It's, 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 I feel the system kicking on just a little bit. I get, I get the hamster into the wheel. <laughs> but but, but, but he's, he's, he's in like a chocolate coma. Come on, get up, get moving, get moving. Come on, get in the wheel. That's where I'm at with this show.
0: It's it de- desperately needs something. I mean, I, I, I like how they I mean, there is something quite special. Like if you, I know it's, it's, it's said with like a tinge of sad, but there's something about the fact that it's a SummerSlam main event at the top of Raw this week. Like it's not the greatest SummerSlam main event, but it's a SummerSlam main event for the top of Raw this week. They do everything in their power everything in their power to make it feel like it's a big thing and you know what if it wasn't so crap it would be
1: america versus joker it could have been taker versus taker i mean there is that
0: (laughs) (laughs) If for the king of the ring like how desperate are you if for the king of the ring talent if you're color palette swapping undertaker for one of the rounds
1: just do a mishmash of errors the ultimate warrior versus zeus <laughs> i'm sad we never got that match
0: incidentally uh, i'll give it a plug if you in case you missed it from sunday uh, myself and alison pregler aka obscurus looper from movie nights we watch no old's bad it's a lovely watch along waiting for you on the podcast feed since you mentioned zeus thought i'll get that little mm-hmm. sneaky plug in
1: um how'd you enjoy it brilliant fun
0: my God, executive producer Hulk Hogan is the four words I would describe it as. Yeah.
1: Someone pointed out that limo driver that Hogan made crap himself. Doesn't he look just like Richard Belzer?
0: <laughs> I never thought of that. What I never, yeah, I can see it now. Like that. What, what did occur to me, and I, I'm, I don't know whether this occurred to you, like in, in, in No Holds Barred, Rip has like a small, frail younger brother who, like, is just a bit of a wuss, keeps getting beaten up. What's what his was- name? Randy! <laughs> you bastard! Hogan, you bastard!
1: This was a vanity <laughs> project of all van- this was This was the wrestling room.
0: Re- <laughs> all we needed was for Zeus to say, you're my favourite customer.
1: <laughs> oh, hi, Mark.
0: <laughs> hi, Marks.
1: You are tearing me apart, Linda.
0: (laughs) John (laughs) Tommy Wahogan make it happen.
1: (laughs) You're my favorite no seller. (laughs) Hi (laughs) doggy.
3: (laughs) <laughs> i did not hit her i did not brother 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 of
1: course, of course not brother I, I don't work snug
0: <laughs> he works very snug in that film was at one point where he's got no pants on <laughs> yeah. wasn't that the other movie that he was in oh ho, ho, ho. i know the one you mean and i've not seen it because i'll be sick <laughs> i'm
1: not i'm just saying it, it's not very artful <laughs> Certainly worth dodging. Um, so, so back to unpleasant reality, which not to say that wasn't unpleasant unto itself. Um, Bob back is now campaigning somewhere. We don't we don't know where. Don't, I'm not sure he knows where. He's just a wandering campaign machine at this point. And we learned that Lawler's going to show us his training video tonight. Spoiler alert! It is a metaphor for this company.
0: <laughs> oh, good shout. Good bloody shout. I think you're right as well.
1: But we begin with action Bam Bam Bigelow versus Dwayne Gill. And one of these men would go on the hold, hold, hold gold in this company. It's not who you think.
0: <laughs> Dwayne Gill here looking like an acid washed Spike Dudley. I put in my he really, notes.
1: He really does. He yeah. Looks, got trimmed up the hair a little bit. Still very pale. Although, sadly, Bigelow did not send him flying into the fifth row.
0: (laughs) That'll be in in many years to come.
1: Hmm. Poor Spike. Spike got some hang time, too. He really did. He really did. Vince already stretching the truth when he says the Bigelow has really been on fire as of late.
0: In the sense that he has fire on his tights.
1: Right, right, right. No lies detected. So now fire shoots out of Bam Bam's back, I should point out. (laughs) Apparently, he's having hot flashes in reverse. (laughs) <laughs> and Vince tells us it's going to be hotter than Hades at the King of the Ring, or you'll just wish you were in hell. One or the other. <laughs> so it's during this match that Diesel calls in. And, and, and now, what we said before about how Diesel looks vulnerable, too oh, vulnerable for his own good. I've gone, I've gone
0: pathetic here. I've gone he pathetic. Says,
1: <laughs> All right, Tom, this is what we're going to do. Okay. <clears throat> You're going to be John Cena or Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan or any other super confident babyface champion. Right. I'll be Vince.
0: <clears throat> All right. I've already cut the promo in my head, so I'm ready for this. Okay. It's like,
1: hey, well, insert name. You're suffering from the effects of a terrible elbow injury and you've had surgery on it. You have a big match coming up in two weeks. Are you going to be 100%? Do you know what?
0: I am already 100%, Vince. I am 100% ready to kick Sid Vicious's ass. I am 100% ready to show you why I'm the leader of the new generation of the World Wrestling Federation. I am 100% ready to stand next to Bam Bam Bigelow in the center of the ring at the king of the ring and put Sid, Tatanka, and that million-dollar corporation down. If I had one arm, two arms, no arms... I would be there in the center of the ring. Doesn't matter about how I'm feeling. I'm a hundred percent ready to break Sid Vicious. That's what you do.
1: Good job, Tom. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Now <laughs> you, be, you be Vince. I will be big daddy. Cool.
0: All right. <clears throat> Diesel. This sun uh, coming up. you face facing Sid at the king of the ring. You've got a fixed bad arm and all that jazz. Will you be a hundred percent for the king of the ring?
1: Well, it's not 100%. I'll level with you. But you know what? I have obligations. I'm a professional. Um, I'm still going to be there. It ain't going to look good. But I'm going to try. And um, I just hope that people don't ask for a refund. I hope I can do good enough to where they feel like they got their money's worth out of watching me. Um, And throw hands with a guy who doesn't know what planet he's on. And uh, his partner's working through a bad knee. You gotta understand, is you know, we're big tough guys. We we really are, but God, God, gosh darn it! This schedule you have us on Vince it just it's it's really, it's really toiling to all of us. And well, I'm gonna try. I had the belt. You're paying me more than anybody else, which you know, jokes on you. But it's um, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do my best. Isn't
0: he pathetic?
1: <laughs> that was basically now. I may have taken some creative liberties with what he said.
0: Not a lot though. <laughs> not a lot of creative liberty. Cause because you 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 sort of nailed the vibe that he was giving us, which was, oh no, I'm not 100 percent but oh well, I guess I'll be there. I'm turning the yep. corner with his elbow, but I'll I'll be there.
1: I figured the problem out. Okay. See, Vince wanted a new Hogan. And he and he and he decided that the closest thing he had was a seven-foot giant who was known for having a dry sense of humor. <clears throat> And a dry manner speech because he's very intelligent and doesn't have to raise his voice. Along the way, he realized, oh my God, he's bigger than everybody else. We can't get heat on him because he's bigger than everybody else. <laughs> we have to make him human, even though he is a friggin' giant. Why hey, do you have Hogan. to make him human, though? Like, it... Here's the thing Hogan, for all of his foibles, he, he was also six foot eight and 300 pounds, but. He knew how to elicit sympathy. He was good at that. Hogan knew how to pl- how to work a crowd and, and make even a smaller opponent like Randy Savage or whoever, Paul Lorendorf. Just name any opponent he's had that's small, Kurt Hennig who's smaller than him and make them look like a, like a freaking world beater when they have him at, and he's at their mercy. Hogan could sell for them. He was great at it. Mm-hmm. Now, Kevin Nash, I like Kevin Nash does not have that magic. That is that is the starkest difference between Hogan and Nash. Hogan was Superman, but he, he made you believe that every heel he went up against had some form of kryptonite that could have him vulnerable for a little while, and it was believable. Nash, you have to manufacture reasons for him to be behind the eight ball because he, he, he can't make that same connection that Hogan can.
0: But it's like there's a better way of doing it there's a better way of doing it oh sure there is i I agree million better ways of doing it like like having him play this oh my arm hurts but i'll be there i'm a big boy like that's bollocks (laughs) i'm so leader of the new generation hogan would have with the hogan would have done a line and he'd have shouted at the camera that wasn't there that he was going to be in the Omni Despite the well, fact that he's not me, in Don't kill me, make more more strong, brother <laughs> Yeah, exactly Like, jeez, it was just I'd have rather Diesel not be mentioned on the show at all Rather than this <laughs> call-in Because I think this actually does more damage to Diesel Than him not being on the show
1: just Be like a Clint Eastwood character, and, 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 and it's like you got part of me, but you didn't get all of me.
0: Yeah, this. all oh my! See, we've sat here and bounced back and forth. Uh, so many better lines that he could, including a literal one from Hulk Hogan, that he could have used instead of going, oh, I'll be there against me. my arm a bit, I'll be Christ,
1: Diesel. Nobody, the new nobody wants hear Darth Vader go, No,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's this. The same energy, same energy. Dwayne Gill brings the energy in the match, by the way. He's
1: brilliant here. Uh, you know, Dwayne Gill's working hard. Bam bam is bam bam bam. He misses a leaping headbutt, but catches Gill off the top, slams him down. Diving headbutt finishes. It was all just a backdrop to that depressing phone call. So a Bigelow a wins. He's building momentum toward King of the Ring. But more importantly than that, we come to the one truly great moment of the entire show. <laughs> and I was goddamn excited to see this. We have a debut vignette for one of the most underrated characters of all time. The one and the only Waylon Mercy.
4: Lives are gonna be in Waylon Mercy's hands. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) So if you've never seen Waylon Mercy, he's basically based on the portrayal of Max Cady, Robert De Niro's character from Cape Fear, the 1991 version. There's a little bit of Robert Mitchum from the 62 version also, but he's more De Niro in terms of how he's dressed with the jet black hair and the Hawaiian shirt. This is basically the precursor to Bray Wyatt in so many ways. And he hits this really creepy Southern accent that sounds peaceable, but there's a very clear sinister undertone to it.
4: It's a of mercy again. Out here enjoying this peaceful surroundings, enjoying nature, Enjoying these insects, enjoying this worm. But you know something? I enjoy worms, but I don't enjoy worms crawling on me. Just like when I get in that wrestling ring, I don't like wrestlers touching me, and I definitely don't want them crawling on me. And if they do so, I'll tell you what's going to happen they're going to get smooshed just like this worm. You know what I mean? He's sitting on
1: this on this rock pile like this beach jetty. Like, whale of mercy here. Just sitting around being peaceable. They got this love nature, love all the little critters. Got this little worm crawling on my arm. I don't like when bugs crawl on me. And I don't like when the wrestlers crawl on me. And if they do so, they're going to get squashed like this little bit of old worm. And he smacks his arm and then flashes this creepy grin at the camera and goes, you know what I mean? Amazing. He is horrifying.
0: He is absolutely <laughs> a good way, a good way. brilliant here
1: absolutely brilliant yeah waylon mercy thought he was a baby face but he was actually a heel that was the point <laughs> of the character
0: <laughs> it was just it just it was something that bruce pritchard mentioned on uh something to wrestle mm-hmm. um and when he talked about this character bruce pritchard genuinely believes that if waylon mercy had come along 10 years earlier he'd have been wrestling hulk hogan that's the words of uh, of Brucey and I get it, like it's that that amazing sinister character, the, the work that the Whaler Mercy did, mm-hmm. but it, but all of this, as great as the character was, one of the big reasons behind this character was not just to do something different with Dan Spivey, but also mm-hmm. to kind of mask a little bit of where Dan Spivey's at physically. Because he's not in it, like we're getting getting Dan Spivey quite late in his career. He's been part of the WWF before. He replaced Wyndham in the US Express in the late 80s. Golden boy Danny Spivey for a brief period. Everybody thought Mm. he was just a Hogan photocopy. So that's that's (coughs) the sort of shape this lad used to be in. Um, Tagged, you know, and you. I found a lot of tag team partners. I'm just getting a little rundown of the career of Danny Spivey here. For many tag teams in the WWF, he replaced Rick Steiner in the Varsity Club, uh, Stan Hansen in all Japan. He He formed two versions of the Skyscrapers in WCW. First with Sid Vicious, then another with me and Mark Callis. What happened to him? Uh, He was in Herb Abrams' coke-powered wrestling Endeavor. The UWF became the company's only America's champion before signing back with WWF as well. Uh and as you say, directly linked to Cape Fear. This guy is. And uh mm. and it's a shame that we didn't get this character and the dance by from the 80s, because that would have just been an unstoppable combo.
1: I'm gonna watch Cape Fear later today because I haven't seen it in years. I watched Counselor, Robert Denis- <laughs> Could You Be There? <laughs> come out, come out wherever you are. Didn't you ever playing um, like a backwoods hick and just a total creep who figures out how the law works and how to manipulate people and uses it to torment his old lawyer is brilliant.
0: I think he just, he's he's stunning in whatever he does, but I am a massive fan of of what he does in anything. I watched Joker for the first time
1: yesterday, and
0: mm-hmm. it was a lovely surprise to see him in it.
1: Well, that was a callback to King of Comedy. Mm, it was and i appreciate it yeah i
0: appreciated it it was a nice little touch having him having him involved in it
1: yeah mercy is kind of nailing the vibe here and he admitted that he did watch keep through to try and try and get that De Niro vibe Mm. i was waiting i was waiting for him to go i ain't no white trash piece of shit i'm better (laughs) than all of
0: you f in the chat by the way for the worm that died during that promo
1: Mm, pour one out
0: okay pour one out for the worm that died in the
1: promo Mm so we go from that bit of brilliance to it's a bird it's a plane it's the wwf blimp (laughs) you know what this is uh, go on this is like putting the adult bookstore next to the six flags
0: (laughs) this is a company in transition isn't it it still is (laughs) where they're like we want to kind of make things a little bit cooler, but we're still for the
1: family! <laughs> look at the blimp! This is a buffet table that puts the Capri Sun next to the tequila.
0: <laughs> That's a happy mix-up to have, though.
2: Sure is.
1: <laughs> so, we actually get tour dates for where you could see the blimp.
2: <laughs> Just look up!
1: <laughs> and I
2: was like... That's-
1: they mentioned Fenway Park. They mentioned other sporting venues. It, it, it's like if the blimp is a bigger draw than the wrestlers, <laughs> that, that would that would be that would be the true embodiment of the 1995 spirit. Um, mate, I think if there'd been another injury, they
0: probably would have put the blimp in the King of the Rings tournament.
1: <laughs> they did. He won.
0: Oh!
1: <laughs> Sorry, he is, he is 500 pounds. Forgive He's a big.
0: He is a big lad. He is a big lad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and whatever <It's>... so <laughs> just when you think we couldn't get any more 1995 we get this delightful backstage segment
0: <laughs> this made my day
1: the smoking guns as in the guy who won the brawl for all and Austin Gunn's dad <laughs> are playing pogs
2: yes
0: they bloody are mate
1: but they can't call them Pogs. They have to call them milk caps because Pog is trademarked. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who... Now, I can't make fun of because I had Pogs as a kid because I was I was right, right in that perfect age bracket. Same. Pogs are these little cardboard milk caps that you stack up and then you hit them with a metal or plastic slammer and see how many you can turn over. And whatever you turn over, you keep. And you go back and forth with a friend to see who can get the most. Would you like the history of Pogs? I'll do the condensed version, please.
0: Okay, I'll do what I can. Because <laughs> condensed milk. Um, yeah. Now, Pogs slash milk caps, possibly, possibly originated during the 20s. Some say it goes back to the 17th century because there's a, a Japanese car game called Men- uh, called Menko, which is very similar to how milk caps is played. So, um, so they are basically milk caps that played as Pogs the way that Justin described there. New packaging made cardboard milk caps obsolete in the 50s. So manufacturers like uh, Halakala Dairy and Orchards of Hawaii would distribute the caps as promotional items because despite the fact that people still played them that way, they were still very popular, despite the fact that they were no longer used as milk caps, essentially. Um, when uh, Halakayla Dairy used the caps to successfully promote the introduction of a fruit drink, it led to a surge in similar promotions in milk cap collecting. So what happened is uh, Halakayla Dairy started making uh, a special orange-flavored drink that had these caps on that were highly collectible. That drink was the, was, was the passion orange guava drink abbreviated as pog and that is where pog comes from indeedy yes it was revived in the 90s and this comes down to uh, a teacher in in Oahu uh, called Blossom uh, Galbiso she was a teacher and a guidance counselor from the area and she introduced the game to her students that she used to play as a kid as not only a way of teaching maths, but also a non-violent game for the schoolyard. It spread across uh, the states. It spread across uh, the country, eventually made its way uh, around the entire world from there. And... It became the phenomenon that we are playing and watching today that is milk cap slash POG. Now you can't call it POG because seven other companies entered the milk cap field uh, following a comic book and industry convention in January of 93. And the term POG was trademarked shortly after that by the World POG Federation. Other companies said, you can't trademark it. It's a generic term. Like we're going to be POGs as well. We're going to be the universal POGs association. We'll just call ourselves the POG company. However, it went to court and Pog was recognized as World Pog's exclusive terminology and all the other places had to start changing the names, hence why milk caps came back, hence why these are mad caps or mat caps, uh, slammers and such like that. And it's because the word Pog was disputed as not being a word that was for everybody, but a word that somebody could own. And therefore they did. Uh, It ended up getting banned from a lot of schools. And it was the same in my school. I don't know if it was yours, Justin, because a lot of teachers believed that Pogs encouraged students to gamble what now did it this is what happened in my school because pogs were banned because obviously as you explained in the rules of
1: pogs no, no i i heard you but who is betting on pogs
0: no it's the fact that you you bet by virtue of the fact that when you strike the pog the ones
1: you flip over you keep oh keep oh for keeps then okay for yes yeah, so there,
0: like... so the idea being that you know if i brought in 30 pogs and i put stacked all my 30 up and then Richard Haywood from my maths class, who was a prick, uh,
2: <laughs>
0: came over and smashed the pogs, all 30 of them, flipped all over. He'd keep all my pogs. And I'm all sad because I've lost all my pogs. And oh, a lot of, te- of life I know, but, I'm, but I was being protected. And when my parents kicked up- No, they didn't. <laughs> but, um, but it's the idea that the teachers went, it encourages gambling. We're going to take this away. That's what happened in my school. And apparently it happened in lots of other places as well.
1: You know who had WWF pogs? You did. Me. Yeah, boy. Did you? Where you, are they? I have no idea where they're at. To, as of right now, I may have gotten rid of them years ago. I, I couldn't tell you. Oh. Ocean City Boardwalk in New Jersey, 1990, summer of '95. I bought a few of them with some of my allowance money, and had like 15 of them in all. I had, a, I know I had Sean. I had, I had Mantar i had a mantar pog oh i I don't know if i call myself the proud owner but yes i had one
0: i um i cheated because i got bought a milk cap maker i had that too yeah you made your own so you cut up wwf magazine and you go yeah i've got a i've got a hulk hogan pog (laughs) (laughs) how cool i am
1: so, so you have billy and bart playing this game backstage while Barry Dodinsky watches because he's selling it. <laughs> and meanwhile, there is someone lingering around who is called the Mad Capper. Yeah, I was baffled as to who this was. It's just some guy in a top hat and like a magician's cape. Just, just hanging a, around
0: a random for no nobody. adequately
1: a reason other than the fact that he is the Mad Capper. <laughs> I want to learn more about this guy.
0: Yeah, I, I'm intrigued. I typed in Mad Capper and I couldn't find
1: anything. That's yeah, nobody I know. No. So you can also buy the Just Slam It shirt Which is a good thing to wear Where you're getting hung upside down In in, in the boys bathroom at elementary school While they're giving you a swirly all the big kids <laughs> And I should point out that even Vince and Lawler Know how dumb this shirt is Because they bury it
0: <laughs> Vince doesn't know what a slammer is
1: No So yeah WF milk caps Collect them <laughs> You bastard, catch the the milk cap magic and then let us know where you found it. (laughs) Look very carefully for the milk cap magic. Good luck finding
0: the milk cap magic.
1: You may need a black light,
0: (laughs) special kind of milk cap magic. God, I didn't
1: didn't mean it that way, I did. (laughs) <laughs> you're a very cheeky
0: man I am the cheekiest boy
1: well enough fun time for Kama sorry Kama okay. <laughs> always gets you in the end Kama <laughs> Kama versus David Haskins
0: I'm excited because I thought this might have been Mark Haskins' dad who is a famous British wrestler who's very very good he's in Ring of Honor now and uh, he's from he's from Malvern in Worcestershire, which is just up the road from where I used to live. And I was like, ah, is it? And it's not. So that's my that's my story on David Askins. He wasn't someone I knew's dad. Isn't Worcestershire where they make the steak sauce? It is indeed, mate. And where I used to live, I used to get the train. My first radio job, I used to get the train at 5:30 in the morning from Worcester Shrub Hill to a town called Kidderminster. And I'd have to walk past the Lee and Perrin's Worcestershire sauce factory every time I get that train. And no word of a lie, people say stuff like this. It's quite hyperbolic. It's not. In this case, it is true. The whole place smelled like Worcestershire sauce.
1: Mm. It's
0: true. If you love mm. the smell of Worcestershire sauce, then uh, my advice would be to, to find a little house near Shrub Hill Station because it will smell like that all the time.
1: Dude, you couldn't live there and be a vegan.
0: <laughs> I mean... That there is that.
1: <laughs> I'd be abducting cows if I got desperate enough into, into slaughtering them myself.
0: <laughs> yeah, just take a bite out of a, like, mm-hmm. Justin running into fields and just, just mm-hmm. sprinkling the sauce. I need mm-hmm. steak.
1: Need steak. Need steak. Need steak. No, 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 no. So, Vince at one point because Comma is part of a part of the tournament coming up in two weeks. God forbid we, when we get to that crap. <laughs> Vince says, "Imagine King Comma." No thought, catchphrase, King Comma.
0: is that what i'd like to think that's what you meant but i doubt it
1: yeah um a young ross twiddell was was got his first ever ross shout out
0: (laughs) the end was nowhere near
1: night at this point (laughs) well i don't know it's hard (laughs) not to think that so we have an important role debut during this match There's a lot of debuts on this show i noticed okay While Kama's getting ready to kick David Haskins' ass, two individuals shrouded in black, the precursor to the Creatures of the Night, leave a black wreath at ringside, and then sit in the front row and and proceed to imitate Thunderdome fans by not moving at all. (laughs) I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. These are Undertaker messengers. One of whom Mm -hmm. appears to be a young Martin Landau. Oh no! Is it no? No. I was, gonna, blip, blip, blip. I was gonna say Martin that was, was like in his seventies here. <laughs> he's, he's, he's busy winning the Oscar for Ed Wood, and give and give me many quotes that I would quote for years after the fact. <laughs> All right, let's shoot this fucker. Anyway, so we get some karate like offense from Kama. I'm not comfortable calling it just karate. It's got to be karate like. Um. Haskins does do the Marty Genetti clothesline sell-off of a lariat by doing the mid-air cartwheel. <laughs> nice little movie. Vince, Vince does a drop-in for Mr. Mom. A Michael Keaton movie, which before he did Birdman, he did that.
0: Yeah, that was a nice little shout for Mr. Mom. What's your favourite Michael Keaton film?
1: Batman 89. That's the right answer. Although, Night Shift is second. Either that or Batman Returns like that. That's my top three. I like him in The Founder. Good good shout. Good shout.
0: But Batman 89 is the is the one.
1: Don't say multiplicity.
0: Okay. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't planning to I promise, Your Honor. <laughs> good. Although we are forgetting him in Beetlejuice.
1: Oh, that's true. Shit.
0: He was stunning in Beetlejuice. God, Michael Keaton's bloody brilliant, isn't he?
1: Yes, he is. Take Michael a Keaton. moment just to appreciate Michael Keaton. Absolutely. All well, the Batman '89 is how I first heard of him, and that's how I always remember him.
0: 1995, Michael Keaton movies. What did he have coming out in this year? I'm just going to quickly do a little uh, a little filmography to see what else we could have been plugging.
1: While you're doing that, I'm going to finish up this match here. I'm um, Commodus wins with a simple belly to belly. Then he yells at the creatures who sit there motionless. Apparently, they're auditioning to be WWE announcers. <laughs> and he knocks the wreath down. Well, this means war now.
0: Oh no um nothing in 95 in 94 he did the paper and speechless and then in 96 he did multiplicity so
1: this wasn't the uh this was a a down period it was
0: the blurst of times for michael keaton at this
1: point was 93 my life it was and much ado about nothing yeah yeah. in my life is um um if you're very emotionally um if if you're easily emotional then you might want to steer clear of that one
0: Mm. is it a rough ride uh, a little bit. Oh, my God. I had no idea that he was Ken in Toy Story 3. Really? I had no idea.
1: Was that his comeback?
0: <laughs> I think it, well, that before that, he did the Merry Gentleman. <laughs> so it very well could have been. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might have. Done. Yeah, he looked like he went through a bit of a, a rough patch until Toy Story 3 came <clears throat> along.
1: It happened until... Tr- Happened to until a uh, pulp fiction came along and saved him. Oh,
0: he is. Oh, mate, mate 2022 The Flash starring Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne slash Batman. What? <laughs> this
1: is the first, I've heard of this. That's
0: the thing that's happening. He's coming back. <laughs> the end is die, run away. The end is die.
1: Oh, oh good! He finally beat up Affleck.
0: <laughs> oh my god, they're bringing him back as Batman! That's amazing.
1: All right, oh, let that be a
0: thing. Yeah.
1: Best Batman ever. Who played him? Best Batman, Adam West. Good answer.
0: <laughs> it's the safe answer, Adam West.
1: <laughs> I'll get you, Adam Wee. All right. But another way, Keaton or Bale? Uh, Keaton. Mm, I might go Bale.
0: Uh, Bale's all Close. right. I think Keaton still is my boy as Batman. I like Michael Keaton. Adam West, Michael Keaton, um, Affleck or Clooney? <laughs> oh Christ! Mm. You want shit with that or vomit? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can I just have the salad? No, you have to choose one. Okay. Um,
1: is, is Kilmer dead last?
0: Okay. Oh God! Oh God! Batman's been through the ring, or any? Um,
1: it was all down. It was down until Bale saved it.
0: I'll go. But ba- okay, so we'll go. West, Keaton, Bale. We're stalling
1: than usual this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing great. Um, West, um, Keaton, Bale, um, West, Keaton, Bale. West, Keaton, Bale. Cluny Kilmer. <laughs> oh God. Actually, Clooney's is not terrible. He, oh, he is. I mean,
1: <clears throat> I don't. Never know. leave the cave without it.
0: <laughs> that's that's more like he just was just given bollocks, and <laughs> he just had to do what he did. Like I can't hundred percent blame him for the bat. All I
1: like the thing now is just a bat credit card. <laughs> they had the balls.
2: <laughs>
1: no, no, does not compute. <laughs> So, anyway, we, let's go from bad to worse off of that. So, that, was a good, that was a good um setup to the King and the Ring report. Yeah.
0: It's perfect.
1: <laughs> Diesel Bigelow versus Sid Datanga, which Todd says has the balls to say is going to be incredible. I guess it's incredible that that's the main event because that's how it's, – it's it's a sign of where we're at in 95. We get a Sid interview. I love these. <laughs> he makes some movie reference to that. I can't remember what it was. I didn't bother to write it down. I've got it,
0: I've got it written here. Uh, he made a reference to uh, Here Comes Mr. Jordan from 1941.
1: So Sid, so Sid's doing Goldust gimmick.
0: <laughs> a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Now, thing is, right, when I, when I heard that, I, I initially balked, like, oh, God, Vince. Wrote this. But then we do forget that in the 1995, somebody referencing a movie from 41 is like somebody today referencing a movie from the 70s.
1: Depends what it is, like deliverance, and you know, Papillon. You know, Sid's permit didn't suck here because he talks about like Superman, how divine intervention saved the guy, maybe, but it's not going to save you, Diesel. (laughs) That whispery tone, God and divine intervention will not save you. See, like, see, I like that, I like that, Sid.
0: That's a better Sid than what we have with Diesel. Like, Sid brings this sort of mystical nonsense to it. Whereas mm. Diesel is like, uh, I might be there. I don't know.
1: Sid's like the neighbor who turns on you one day. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's it.
1: That's like, what he like, is, isn't it? He seems nice, but he seems a bit unsettling. And then one day you look at your window and he's walking walk around naked in his backyard, covered in blood. <laughs> so it's like, oh God, what happened? <laughs> that's Sid. That's it. Get the plug for the kiss my foot match. Then we go to ringside and Lawler pulls out a gnarled prosthetic rubber foot. Because <laughs> we have to have visual gags. Literally gags. <laughs> then Todd, and Todd back in the studio says "This is, that's the worst thing he's ever smelled. Lawler's in the arena. Todd's in the studio. Oh, it's all right. It's all right, Todd. You don't need to play that
0: into it that much. It's okay. We know you're not next to him. It's fine. <laughs>
1: And we get the brackets: Taker, Mabel, Sean, Kama, Bob, Holly, Roadie, and Razor race race tonight's winner. Jesus Christ!
0: <laughs> it, is, it is the it is the worst. They're putting a lot of effort, a lot of energy into the Lawler Hart thing. I've got a theory on that, but we'll get to it at the end of the show. I do have a okay.
1: theory. A theory from Tom. Hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Campbell's theory of relative crap.
0: <laughs> Campbell's scoop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh. Mm.
0: I mean, that mm. as a segment every week. Put that mm. on a sticker.
1: Scoop for the soul. Oh, nice. Meanwhile, is indulging. He's eating a big bowl of rice backstage. to make himself heavier for the match. <laughs> that tragic. was a strategy at the Intrepid, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Can Lightning not strike twice? We'll find out. <laughs> so this next part killed me for some reason. It's we get the Tour de Force ad as read by Stephanie Wyand. <laughs> the upcoming tour dates. Show in Germany tomorrow. Is, catch it tomorrow. How? The show <laughs> they're in America. Get yourself over there quick. Get <laughs> to see the house show immediately. I'll climb into a missile silo.
0: Because Stephanie Just, Wyand wouldn't have voiced it in that market. No, it would have been.
1: <laughs> is it? Stephanie a Weiss roller. or something. Putting on some later hosen in, in order to do this in order to get in order to get, the character.
0: Good and happened. tour the force! <laughs> do you know? The, do you know what the card was? I'm afraid. Do you know what? It's not. It's it's the best that we can do at this point, right? Okay, so, well, that's fine. Good. <laughs> so they had, they had a night in Frankfurt and a night in Essen that I've looked at here. Um, from Frankfurt, Jean-Pierre Lafitte versus Duke um, feet one. Ooh. Uh Men on a mission beat the head shrinkers. They're really okay. out of position here. Uh, Adam Bomb beat King Kong Bundy. Nice showing for Adam Bomb. Uh, Shawn Michaels, the top worker of the entire company, beat IRS. Uh, Smoking Guns beat the Blue Twins. Bret Hart beat Hakushi. And Undertaker beat Karma. So that's your I card. See one,
1: I want to see one of those matches.
0: Well, you might want to see the, maybe you want to see the match that they added to the Essen show because that was the Frankfurt card. The Essen card was exactly the same, except they had one extra match. They had Alundra Blaze versus Bertha Fay for the Women's Championship.
1: So why couldn't you have that in Frankfurt?
0: Maybe they were traveling. Maybe they couldn't make uh, it that night.
1: Uh, maybe. Maybe. So, I mean, as bad as that sounds, what killed me here is she, she, she reads off the date for four shows, Germany's show, Germany show. Germany show. Sacramento.
0: (laughs) 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 So to see what the problem is. (laughs) Seems perfectly reasonable.
1: If if you want to see jet lag restaurants wrestlers, come to Sacramento. (laughs) Everybody's walking around like zombies. It's the best 20 minute rest hold I ever saw. (laughs) <laughs> that was a show where Orange Cassidy decided I could do this for a living
0: <laughs> <laughs> I could be jet lagged All the time <laughs> What a guy
1: It was an impressionable moment for a young orange
0: And then he, if he wasn't sure he'd, just listen to Monday, he'd watch Monday Night Raw and listen to Diesel Say well I'm not quite there but I'm going to try Aha <laughs> I have a gimmick
1: <laughs> that's, that's right He's going to try lazy man mountain rock versus the man with the best punches in the business bob cook oh big bob cook in the house <laughs> this match goes under a minute bob Good. cook gets in his trademark punches but then falls victim to the whammy bar and submits
0: i'm delighted they call it the whammy bar
1: it's an okay name for because me. Actually, because
0: initially they didn't call it anything and i was like well this is a weird finish and then when they start calling it the whammy bar i was like yeah i like that
1: i'm still not as cool as the painkiller no, nowhere near as cool.
0: But at least it's at least it's a it's a I like a finisher name that is in keeping with the gimmick.
1: Not just that, but if you look at it, it actually physically resembles a whammy bar. Yeah, because it, it's Fugee bar arm bar, and it, the way it works up and down. And that's
0: why and, and the only thing it's missing, the only thing it's missing, which I kind of wish he'd done is, is as he's putting it on, Man Mountain Rock goes.
1: <laughs> you should. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like he's Slash. <laughs>
2: Actually,
1: what he should do, I saw a video once of Stevie Ray Vaughn playing guitar. He was doing a cover of Voodoo Child. The Weeby Bar falls off halfway through. He's still playing, he doesn't even notice it first. He realizes it's gone. He's still playing with one hand while picking up the Weeby Bar and, and reapplying it with the other hand. Like he doesn't even miss a beat at all, because that's how good Stevie Ray Vaughn was. <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> picturing like, a chopper like a prosthetic arm. A guy's arm falls off. He's, he keeps the hold applied while somehow reapplying the arm. I'm <laughs> that. It makes no sense contextually, but it kind of does work like one. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Hall of Fame plug with Stephanie Wine again. Enough with the Stephanie Wine. <laughs> so we learned about Antonina Rocca, Ernie Ladd, and Ivan Putsky going in, or Putsky, as she says. <clears throat> Now can't going do, in. She
0: can't do anything right in your eyes, can she? Like, no. uh, I believe if she found a cure for world hunger, you'd be like, "Ah, rubbish cure."
1: That's. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's not her fault. She's just a fish out of water. <laughs> like, like she, if you've seen interviews with her, because because James Dixon interviewed her for Titan Sinking, she's an intelligent person. Yeah, she, she's a film producer. She's you know, she's she's made, she's done something in, in this world and. She just didn't fit here. It's just, we'll hire someone who does nothing about wrestling and we'll t- train her from scratch. Like Adnan Virk right now. <laughs> That's what they do. They, yeah. don't, they don't want smart people. They want people they can train from scratch. Teach them our way to do everything. And, That's well, true. they get what they pay for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, <clears throat> in addition to Rocca, Lad, and Putzky, we get the fabulous Mula has been announced for the Hall of Fame. With which Wine says in her voiceover, she exemplified grace and charm. <laughs> this is a segment that will not age well
0: in years to come. <laughs>
1: we'll see if that's on Peacock. <laughs> I mean I'm sure it will be because it's not it's not outwardly, like visually an issue. Also added Pedro Morales, the Grand Wizard, and Georgie Animal Steel. This is not an action figure class by any means.
0: No, (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love a George, like, I'd love a George the Animal Steel action figure. They came, like, I want him with a mouth that that chomped, like, so you could put him next to a a toy ring and he could just chew on the turnpike parts.
1: He, um, like a Chucky doll that comes to life and just eats stuff around the house. Who (laughs) ate the throw pillow? (laughs) Oh, George. Mm Bob Backlund is storming the hallways.
3: Where's Rock's dressing room? <laughs> this, oh, this is where it all starts right here. He just dropped the guitar. Ooh, Bob Backlund just dropped, man. Mount Rock's guitar. An accident. hey, ah. <laughs> like oh, that that was no that was no accident. Thing slippery. That was no accident. Rock. At. The barbarians don't understand.
2: They don't understand how their appetite grows. The layman can't tell. But I'm gonna smarten them up, ladies and gentlemen. You are being surrounded by devious activity and noise that comes out of this so-called piece of machine. And I can't stand the effect that it has in our world. Our children can't think when they're in school anymore. They can't learn anything. They don't know how to read. And I can't stand people that play these kind of instruments. And put this kind of mean evil things in their minds. The crawling stones, the What? frozen tea, rolling rock. You are the people that have had a deleterious a, effect on our society! And it's all, it's all garbage!
3: Look at that! Garbage. Oh, wait, wait a minute, garbage. we just took out the I'm cameraman! Phil. Unbelievable! Us. Bob Backlund better get a hold of himself. Bob Backlund, what was that? The Rolling Rock and the Crawling Stones. He's not even in form! Well, well watched. I, go check him.
1: I, I don't even know. Okay, I'm going to do my best here. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Ah. Now, Bob Backlund is every out-of-touch administrator from every movie set in the '60s where rock and roll is banned. He is the dad from Footloose. Yes, perfect, perfect. I was gonna, I was going to say Dirty Dancing, but it's it's um, but I'm going to compare him to Jerry Orbach first of all because Jerry Orbach is awesome. It's a... <laughs> No one puts this empty crowd on the corner, but anyway, <laughs> so he finds me a Mount guitar in the hallway. He picks it up like he's like he's handling a dirty sock from somebody else's. <laughs> he cuts his promo on rock music about the crawling stones and frozen tea. All right, first off, ice tea is a rapper, so that's, we're doubly wrong here. Yeah, that's
0: uh, that's a misstep. The crawling stones I quite liked.
1: Knocks a the, knocks the guitar over. It it's the floor. it doesn't like shatter or anything. It's like nothing bad really happens to it. He very delicately he... knocks it over. Yeah, so this is... Uh, clearly this was from the one take. He knocks down this ca- knocks down this camera creeper, like this big trunk thing, and, and he takes a bump off and the cameraman, <laughs> the camera distorts. <the> <laughs>
0: he hits the ground after. To-
1: Alright, I take back what I said about No Holds bar being like the room. This was like Tommy Wiseau's freak out in the room. And, Everyone's <laughs> against me!
0: I <laughs> did not hit her. I did not.
1: <laughs> oh, hi, plebeian. <laughs> Beautiful. This is, this is the empty room. <laughs> so that was that. And for a chaser, for a chaser <laughs> too, that.
4: Here we go. This
1: is.
2: Yes!
0: <laughs> Come on, Justin! Come on! <laughs> Introduce it, damn it! Stop stalling! This is why we're here. It's the album art, for God's sake! <laughs> this is.
1: I bet it is.
0: This is the album art.
1: <laughs> this next match set a new standard for me questioning what I'm what I'm doing with my life. Techno Team Two Thousand. Yeah. Versus the miracle jobber connection duo of Mike Corey and John Crystal. I call them the Short Short Alliance. Well, we have to explain that.
0: Yes, we do. We
1: had to. <laughs> so, my first thing I wrote below below the header for this was, "Oh God." <laughs> okay, Techno Team Two Thousand were allegedly men from the future. They were like spacemen, I guess. They had like the Mylar silver trunks, or tights, I should say. Mm -hmm. Similar vests. They were two tall lads. One is freaking Eric Watts. (laughs) Eric Watts had a good look. He's about 6'5", 6'6". Lean, athletic build. If he wasn't Bill Watts' son, he might have done better in the business, but he's got that strike against him. He's not a terrible wrestler by any means. He's just... Wasn't worth the push that his dad was giving him three years earlier. So we got him and we have former football player Chad Fortune, who looks like a giant Keanu Reeves.
2: <laughs>
1: like a miss, like a slightly gi- giant misshapen Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. I know Kung Fu. But I don't know wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> now, they were mates. Uh, they were the-
0: mates that go back a long while. Do you know this?
1: Fortune and Watts?
0: Yeah. So uh the story is that originally Chad Fortune and Eric Watts were football teammates at the University of Louisville. And okay. they became a tag team in the AWA, didn't really get very far with it. And uh, and Eric just kind of always gave Chad a little bit of a, a nip up. Like when Eric went to the uh went to the the WCW trade, went to do WCW stuff, he brought Chad with him, and then when he went to the WF, okay, he did that's, stuff with- you know what?
1: That's fine. And you know what? I can't blame WF for giving them a try because it's two tall young guys, too. Two good-looking guys, mm-hmm. clean-cut, clean-cut, long hair, sort of a uh, had a cool look to them. But they gave him this gimmick.
0: Well, let me talk you through this gimmick, young sir.
3: Robinson, try
0: So I I listened to an interview that Eric Watts did with the two-man power trip in preparation for this day. Okay. And he talks very openly about him and Chad and Techno Team 2000 stuff. Get this right. Chad Fortune has a pinfall victory over Goldberg.
1: And I was going to bring that up. He is the first man to ever beat Bill Goldberg in a match.
0: Yep, but there's no evidence. (laughs) Because they decided, no. (laughs) That isn't how it's going down. So... When Eric left, um, so they, so basically they're both in WCW, both got a bit bored. Eric got a tryout of the WWF and he got Chad one as well because Chad wasn't doing a whole lot in WCW. So Vince, uh, Vince checked out the tape of Eric and Chad as a tag team in the tryout. Bloody loved them. Big lads doing high flying stuff. Eric said he couldn't sign quick enough. And Vince envisioned them as a futuristic tag team, which is what we got. WWE really, 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 really wanted this to work. Like really did. They spent a fortune, pun intended, on the look for these guys, right? The ring attire was designed by a fashion designer from New York City. Eric said that on multiple occasions, he and Chad would get a limo from from the nearest airport to the outlet in downtown New York City uh, to get measured up and try on bits for different outfits and stuff. the outfit was tweaked. They had boots made from a top-end manufacturer in Texas. Despite all of this, all the love and care that went into designing this, this outfit, it was an outfit designed by a female designer. So had they been women, the look would have made more sense. And also, when they when the outfit arrived, it was the trousers were too short. Despite the fact they'd been measured, something was buggered up. So they got there on the day of their first match. The trousers were too short. So they had to wear knee pads over the top and boots that were a bit longer to hide the fact that they had short trousers on. Um, Eric said, as soon as we put the, the outfits on, quote, we looked like gas oven popcorn. <laughs> Which isn't a far flung <laughs> suggestion for what you look like. Now, they knew they were going to get new names. They didn't know what they were going oh, yes. to be until they had their first match. You know this part? Pick, pick up the pace well, well, of this well, part.
1: Well, I don't know the story, but this I, I was, I was going to mention here. They're basically playing two sort of intergalactic, futuristic kind of... Uh, Kind of characters here, so you think they had names like like Glabnor or something from like <laughs> some distant galaxy. Travis and Troy,
0: because <laughs> the WWE loved names that had like a little not a rhyme but had like a, a alliteration blow, alliteration to them. Love, love, love alliteration. They really did, but they didn't know who was what these names were until during their first house show match, the ring announcer came up and went, which one of you is Travis and which one of you is Troy to which they flipped a coin to decide who was who. Well,
2: <laughs> they
0: hated okay. both names and they went, we'll flip a coin. So they're their first match. It was a, it was a house show. And, oh, mate, it went badly or oh, it didn't go well. I know. Right. Chad got stage fright. He botched everything. On the first night, Uh, they got shipped to Memphis pretty soon after the match that we're going to see today. Um, Chad was fired. Eric asked for his release. Vince sent Eric a FedEx containing his contract release. And should he change his mind, a brand new deal with a substantial raise. Vince really wanted to keep Eric Watts on the books.
1: We we also got to understand at one point, Bill Watts does come into this company for a few months to be like Vince's right hand man.
0: So that's so why maybe, there's a keenness to keep them there.
1: Well, maybe so much, maybe more Eric than anything. Mm. In, order, in order to keep Bill happier because Vince liked Bill or whatever.
0: Well, there was a lot of tension but uh, because of the, the Bill Watts thing and, and other parties. So there was there was a reason why I mentioned the Tour de Force card earlier um, yeah. because we mentioned smoking guns taking on the Blue Twins. Now, originally the plan was uh, Vince, well, Vince had asked somebody backstage to ask the smoking guns can you guys give techno team 2000 your european tour tickets because we want to put them on the european tour and put you on the canadian tour and the guns were livid because you make a lot of money on the european tour and, uh, and, and the fact they were being told to hand their tickets over. So Billy and Bart Gunn cried foul. They went to management and eventually it was decided instead that the guns would do the European tour. There were plans for Techno Team 2000 to beat the guns for the tag titles. Those plans were, were brushed away. That never occurred. And they just sort of squandered from there. And I think it says something in terms of how they're remembered by the WWE, in terms of whilst I was researching the tech researching Techno Team 2000 on WWE's YouTube channel, they are in a a list, a video list called WWE's Most Boring Tag Teams. Well, a, a WWE written list called Most Boring Tag Teams.
1: Well, you gotta understand that a lot of them are written out of spite, especially though there's just like an axe grind. Oh, yeah, there's a
0: lot of grind in there. Jeez.
1: now. All that said, so mm-hmm. we talk about the um, sort of incomplete dorky outfits that the, te- the Techno team had. That leads to my, my next theory. How do you make those outfits look cool? Well, you dress the people they're up against in something that is way worse. <laughs> <laughs> Who likes short shorts? Because <laughs> we've seen Mike Corey and John Crystal before. They're just regular enhancement talents. Usually wear like a singlet or regular trunks. They are wearing the shortest pair of Daisy Dukes you've ever seen wrestlers wear. Shorter than what Austin was wearing when he was like the, the co-GM in 2003. Shorter than that. Catherine Bach wouldn't wear shorts this short.
0: Shorts that had they been any shorter, you'd have known what they'd had for breakfast.
1: If they any shorter, they'd be a collar. at this point my notes i wrote what am i doing with my life
0: (laughs) i like an episode of Raw that just hits just hits a bit different like that not so much you go this is a bad episode to the point where you go i think i might get into an into an accountancy firm i think i might uh I I might be a bricklayer yes that's the way to go however right Mm -hmm. i like the fact that they're dressed the same like, they, well, feel they, like a, they feel like a legit, tank no, they feel like a
1: legit tag team. Yeah, sure, they're coordinated. That's
0: <laughs> if they wrestled two more matches, they'd have got trading cards.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what
1: would the value of those cards be?
0: <laughs> oh, infinite, mate, infinite. It'd be, it'd be like those a are the new
1: in the, those are the. ones you put in the spokes of your bike ones, make it sound like, a, like, like a Harley.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mate, if Rum. I had a... <laughs> John. I would like Crystal and Curry trading cards in Mahali, please.
1: Or in your Schwinn. (laughs) Or Huffy. So it's an an arm drag fest for while Watson. Watts throw some good arm drags. Arm drag city. (laughs) Arm drag city, bitch. (laughs) We get a double leapfrog spot, tandem hip toss, one hip toss the other on the other. They're trying to be in they're trying to be what the eliminators are with innovative offense. Just hire the eliminators. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that's the easy I, way of doing it. I know they're shorter, but come on. One's Perry Saturn. So, they mess... <laughs> we get a spot. I, th- I think this was Watts. I didn't write down which one it was. He manages to screw up a double clothesline, although this could be the jobber's fault.
0: That was, no, that was Watts. So, it looked as if they were both coming in a bit close, but yeah. Watts
1: just sort of crashes into them. <laughs> he ends up doing like, like, like a Vader attack into, into both at the same time just to be... Close like both of them, one with each arm, but they were two, but two bunched up. So it was a, uh, yeah, it was what it was. But we got a cool looking double spinning leg lariat, at least. So that was fine, elementary, but fine. So then Watts, I swear to God on my mother's grave, this happened. Oh, she's alive, on the day she died, I will swear on her grave that this happened. Watts hit a reasonable drop kick. <laughs> it was and a reasonable kick. My jaw was on the desk <laughs> Like no that didn't happen I think because
0: Like My notes here I've just put Lots of good ideas but not much finesse No <laughs> Like they, they've they got the be- <laughs> like, like if you wrote down what they were doing You think oh they sound cool You know which is why PWI liked them They were like the top 10 tag teams in 95 Um <laughs> But if you wrote down what they were doing, you're like, "That's cool." But to watch it, it's oh, it's it's not very crisp. It's it's oh, it's it's not quite finished yet. No. If they were a cake, I'd be putting them back in the oven.
1: Good point. <laughs> Fortune does finish off with a twisting, diving cross body, which looked all right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I really got nothing to add to that. I think we've said it all. Good ideas,
0: just just not quite as polished as they should be or maybe that WWE want them to be but my god as we talked about earlier they are keen to, to get these guys over like they feel Vince thinks this is where we're going this
1: is the future well enough of the chaser time for some turpentine <laughs> yay man mountain rock is fresh out of the shower he's clothed don't worry he is crying over his broken guitar this what? big mountain of a man this big bear-like guitar player, looks like he can be part of Pantera, lamenting his broken axe. And then he says in a growl, now it's personal. I will deal with you. Wow.
0: You'll be pleased to know that the the, the Man Mountain Rock, Bob Backlund feud, uh, there's a couple of lines about it in The Observer. All right. Which Dave says, their first match... On the tenth of June, at Madison Square Garden, was described as one of the worst matches in the history of Western civilization. (laughs) They went ten minutes without even locking up.
1: (laughs) So high praise then.
0: Bring it on, bring on Man Mountain Rock and Bob Backlund. Why not Man Mountain Rock and Jarrett?
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be, that's obvious. So oh, sure, it's but alas, <laughs> that's <laughs> oh. what we're doing. So, this is Man Mountain Rock's second most potent feud of the year behind the one he had with a click. <laughs> Although, we won't see that one. I know
0: which one we'll made him cry more,
1: we'll just hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, next week we have to send versus the tonker versus the head shrinkers, and what could be a fun match, and, and it's asked. Can this match re-establish the head among the tag team elite? <laughs> that's a thing? In 95, <laughs> that's a thing? Apparently not. Putting on matching jean shorts <laughs> and you're, you're already part of the tag team elite. <laughs> now we come to our main event. Is Luger going to be our hero when he faces Yokozuna? Uh, well, we you know what? He comes close. Well, he choked at SummerSlam. He choked at WrestleMania. Now he's on Raw in, in Frog Neck, Ohio. Facing Yokozuna for a spot in the prestigious King of the Ring tournament. So this is like... If you've seen the Major League movies, the first two take place in the Major Leagues. The third one's called Back to the Miners. And it's about a minor league team. That's what this is like. <laughs> it's not as fun. No, it's not as fun. <laughs> Although I will say this was at the this was a better match than the one they had at Mania 10 but then again so was the match with Mike Corian and John Crystal wearing short shorts so you, Yoko is now 641 that's a lot of rice
0: that is did he uh, was that all just from the rice he ate backstage uh,
1: that's what I'm thinking <laughs> Yeah, <You know>, quick <laughs> hopefully hope the rice wasn't tainted in any way because one time at my old job we had to throw out bags of basmati rice that had dead mice in it oh Oh what? Yeah. Jeez. I asked my boss could we just write the whole palette of them off. He says no, we're, we're trying to save the good ones. So can you just sift through?
0: Oh my. two other guys. Do you know what? Do you know what? The fact that you watched Techno Team Two Thousand and still went, what am I doing with my life? Despite the fact that. In a previous job, you had to sift through basmati rice to find dead rats. You're still going not rats, oh. mice. There's a fundamental difference. Oh, oh, okay. I apologize to the the rat community that I've besmirched. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know, it, it's I, I draw I, I draw a very fine line. <laughs> we got to wear gloves. It was okay. Oh, that's fine.
0: <laughs> well, for the techno team two thousand match,
1: something <laughs> uh, something some just has have to be handled with tongs. <laughs> oh god, delicious! Uh, There's about thirty bags in all, I think. <laughs> the, the others were fine. We, we we put them back on the shelf. <laughs> this was years ago. Anyway, speaking of bad, we learned that Razor Moon has bad ribs because of what happened in, in, in the earlier report about again getting hurt in the ladder match. So his status for king of the ring is in question.
0: They can't afford to lose any more people. They really do not
1: Don't don't worry. We have some incoming talent here. Lex Luger's flag bearer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you know who this man is? No. Go on. Well, he's introduced as a wrestler named Scotty Antol, who just so happens, just like Lex Luger in three months' time, he will be appearing on Monday Nitro, and making a big splash in the early days of the show because he oh. is American Males member Scotty Riggs.
0: Oh my God! It's Scotty Riggs! Bloody hell! I had
1: American
0: no idea. Males. American,
1: American Males. Males.
0: American Males. American Males. Males. American, Males. <laughs> American Males. And on the line Scottie. to talk about it is Scotty Riggs. No, he's not really. I wish um, Scotty uh, we'll
1: Riggs was on was on Monday Night Raw ninety five. That is amazing. That is uh, bloody amazing. For just some reason, he was there, and they didn't sign him.
0: <laughs> because of reasons.
1: So Luger and Yoko kill a little bit of time by flag waving. Yoko waves his flag, and then Luger waves his. It's, it's big to do over the flags. Uh, starts the way it was. Luger gets an early strike. Yoko slams him, but misses the big ensuing elbow drop. Yoko takes his big, funny bump to the floor through the middle ropes the way he always does, where he just sinks like a stone immediately. And they point out that this is how he lost at Somerset 93. But this time, Luger would would get the rewards of, of winning via count because when by count-out, you go to the tournament. To Yoko's out, Cornette fans him with the racket, which is kind of funny. Yeah, I like that.
0: I enjoy that. Do you know what? This, is, this actually shapes up to be one of the better matches that they've had. I don't know about that. Really? I mean, I, the, the bar's low, right? I'm looking at it based it's on... better than the Mania match. Better than the Mania match. I kind of feel like it might be a bit better than the SumpSlam match. The SumpSlam match was good,
1: though. It just had a
0: mm. shit ending. Mm, but this had... No, I suppose this has a shit ending as
1: well. <laughs> well, yeah, it but... was something it, about it's a, the
0: pace of this one that I quite liked.
1: Well, it was quicker because it was a TV match. Mm. So... Luger gets easily distracted by Fuji, the way McIntyre got distracted by MVP. So Yoko attacks. Vince gets mad at Yoko for throwing strikes. Stop it, He's just punching him while he's down. That's literally all he's doing. So Riggs waves a flag to try and to try and wake Yoko up. Apparently that works because Yoko misses the ensuing avalanche. We get this big long this big long spiral. Where Luger throws strikes at Yoko, trying to knock him down. Shoulder blocks. Axe handles, clotheslines. Funny, a second rip Larry knocks Luger or knocks Yoko off his feet. But then we get the best part of the match. Mr. Fuji, who at this point, I think it's like 96 years old, shambles over to where, where Scotty Riggs is.
0: Shambles.
1: I, I can't keep I watching this. Walks up to the future WCW World Tag Team champion. In three months, he'll be beating Harlem Heat along with Buff Bagwell. Walks up to Riggs, chops him in the neck like he's Austin Powers, (laughs) and steals the American flag. That was incredible. Fuji busted out the chop. Riggs bumped off one chop. No wonder Bishop hired him. Like, he can bump, let's get him. We have morons here with no talent. Well, he could sell for them too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we'll need somebody in this, this promotion full of old guys who can bounce around a
1: bit. Come exactly. on
0: in, Scotty.
1: <laughs> so, so then Luger slugs Cornet and he grabs the flag from Fuji. But meanwhile, Yoko posts him in, in uh, against the uh, big ring post on the floor. Hence why he posted him. Hits, hits, hits the big chunky leg drop. Lugers out. Yoko crawls in on seven. Had a hard time doing that, but he got in. He gets in. Yoko wins by count out. Bring it back to square one. <laughs> With poetic justice. They are swapping
0: count out <laughs> victories over one <laughs> another. You're-
1: your winner as a result of stupidity <laughs> yokoosuna <for laughs> who, who will
0: win the third encounter when countouts are off find out down never again
1: <laughs> stupidity really is
0: luger's achilles heel he really oh this was was his, would this be luger's sort of last big match on television for wwf i'd say so cuz cuz we are and i know that nitro is not quite here yet um, or WW head-to-head as it's apparently known this week um, We're not there yet But we aren't far off from Luger sort of quiet, Going quietly into the night For the it, WWF
1: Hitting the ejector seat
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, We're getting very close He has one, one more big pay-per-view match Well, significant pay-per-view match But then, yeah, he sort of recedes into the darkness Mm-hmm So next week, we have Taker in action, Sean as well. God, really busting for that rating. And Hedgingers versus Tatanka and Sid. Meanwhile, we finally get Lawler's training footage at long last. And by training footage, we mean he's walking around barefoot in a horse stable, stepping into all the excrement. There's a weird
0: fetishness about the last couple of weeks on Raw. Mm,
1: Yes. Someone behind the scenes maybe enjoying this a little bit too much.
0: Yeah, like Snitsky's running the show or something.
1: What if Snitsky and Rikishi formed the tag team?
0: <laughs> ass foot, foot and ass disease. <laughs>
1: Boots to asses.
0: Boots, feet to asses. Oh, no. It'll be, it'll be called niche pornography. <laughs> That'll be the name of team.
1: Endangered feet season.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's got a third meaning that I don't want to think about.
1: Oh Christ! It wasn't my shirt.
0: Wasn't my (laughs) foot.
2: I feel sick.
1: <laughs> Let me have my dream team
0: here. Mate, that dream is all yours. Who am I to interfere
1: with your dream, my friend? That dream so, is all yours. <laughs> I wrote without a trace of irony. Vince doesn't think scatological humor is funny. Is this the real Vince? I just- oh, there's one line from the
0: from the Yoko Luger match that I wanted to get in uh, that okay. they said on commentary, which is an example of Vince talking but not paying attention.
3: Yoko Yokozuna gets any bigger, you can take WWF on his side. fly him over these buildings. That might be a bit difficult. <laughs> like it was a legit request.
1: <laughs> so so Lawler, Alvarez, and Vince Meltzer here. <laughs> if I wish Meltzer done counter with Monsoon, they're hanging from the rafters. Well, not low hanging Laurie from them because they, they, that'd be very hard, <laughs> right? In the bread basket. Well, it's not a bread basket. <laughs> so, so after this little bit where, where Lawler gets his little piggies covered in um turdies, uh, we get we get footage Remember the weekend of Lawler facing Aldo Montoya. As I realized that these are two men that feed up a Tommy Dreamer eventually, <laughs> lucky Tommy. <laughs> Well he's we've seen him eat worse than vignettes. <laughs> oh god. Lawler runs with a power driver and then and pulls out his dirty foot and makes Montoya kiss it. And he keeps showing the replay over and over again because Lawler's taking delight in it. And that's our show for the week.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah now well, can I assume.
0: Sh- can I yes. assume that right? So they really push Lawler and his weird foot fetish and Bret Hart this week. Uh-huh. And um, here's my theory, right? Diesel is injured. And they say it'll be fine for King of the Ring, but there's obviously there's a concern that he won't be full, 100%. And obviously you've got a lot of other injuries within the company. Do you think the WWF are pushing this Lawler-Brett thing so heavily as a sort of main event contingency?
1: It's possible, but I think it's just... It's the one angle in the show that has, like, a real revenge plot to it. it. Because it partially... I mean, they bring up the elbow thing, A, to explain why Diesel's not appearing on house shows, so you have a cover for that, mm-hmm. and B, to give him something to fight back from, because from, Sid's this big, scary monster who busted his arm. Brett, meanwhile, has a more tangible revenge plot. Lawler embarrassed him on Mother's Day, after having made a vow to his mom that he'd win both his matches. Mm. Brett wants to kill Lawler. Lawler is antagonizing him to a high degree, because Lawler is great at that. So, you want to see Brett make this guy pay, and pay in grand fashion.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's in keeping.
1: So it's, it's just, I think it's just a more a more tangible B plot to the show. I think these are going to work no matter what, no matter how bad his arm is, because Bam Bam could just do most of the heavy lifting. It is what it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Diesel Sid's kind of uninteresting. Brett Lawler, it's a little goofy, but Brett Lawler can make it work.
0: And they will to some extent. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and and all our our fetishists will be delighted by the news.
1: Um nah, I, I, I gotta say, stepping in shit really is a metaphor for this show.
0: It truly, uh, mate. It truly is. It truly is. It was one of them. On a lighter note, to end on, um, I received a package over the weekend.
1: <laughs> you, you say lighter?
0: <laughs> I have in my possession WWF Slam Jam the cassette. It is a single release cassette. It is in mint condition. And I don't want to keep it. I think somebody else should be poisoned with this
1: chalice. Uh, So... Like the Curse of Thorn from Halloween (laughs) 6. Just pass it on.
0: So next week, here on the Classic Raw Review, I will tell you how you can get your hands on this very cassette if you are so inclined. We have a competition next week that I'm excited to share with you. And the (laughs) loser will get this cassette. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever comes bottom is going to get the cassette. (laughs)
1: yep Tom showed me the reaction of his lady the lovely Alex to his purchase of this and and he showed it to her and her befuddlement like I I, as a wrestling fan at the time I wouldn't have really gotten it but today I fully understand it (laughs) Mm -hmm. splicey splicey Tom put the reaction in what
2: the fuck is this slam jam If only I had a cassette player to play it on. Tom, what is this? Well, look, if
0: you don't want it... Hello, I I just
2: wanted to say a massive thank you for your order. You're welcome. You may like to know that the profits made help to look after quite a large menagerie of rescued and rehomed animals. Oh! A dog, three cats, three horses, multiple ex-battery hens, and several ducks. I hope that shopping with me has been a happy experience and that you will feel compelled to leave a positive five-star review. If there are any problems, please let me know so I can sort it out for you. My number one goal is your satisfaction and I'll do everything I can to resolve any issue. Again, thank you. You're welcome, person I don't know.
0: (laughs) Well, look, if you don't want it, I know no, someone fine. who does. No,
2: you don't want it's mine. it. You don't want no, don't it. Want you, you you hate it. I want it. <laughs> I'm I'm all for a cassette. I don't have a cassette player, <laughs> but I'm sure that the WWF Superstar Slam Jam cassette. Simon Cowell produced that. Are you serious? I'm serious. Explain the trousers. Stock
0: Aitken and Waterman and Simon Cowell produced it. Wow. It's amazing. Piece of history right there. Nine quid well spent.
3: I worry about you. <laughs> oh.
2: It's an
0: instrumental mix on, t- on on side B. Excellent, we can use it as a music bed. What
1: a treat, what a treat. You are so lucky that she finds your neurosis adorable.
0: <laughs> I am, on not <aren't> <laughs> That could be <laughs> yours next week, the reaction and the cassette. And until next week, he is at JRA writing on Twitter. I am at Tom Gamble on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. I love you. Bye. Two thousand.
2: So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
0: For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.